Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cinderella Christmas the Love other day. And then a Snow White yep. Christmas. Yeah. They, I think Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Hello, everybody. We're we're in the pre-show banter here. So, um, welcome to Drive Through HR. Uh, it's Tuesday at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, and uh, that means that Mike Mike uh, Vandervoort and I, Robin Schooling, are on the air with this week's guest. Yeah. So, how you doing, so, Mike? I'm doing okay. Uh, apparently, I'm still in the weekend lag. It sounds like, as are you, since we didn't know when to start the show, even though they forewarned us. Um, I suspect you're there because your fal or your Falcons, your Saints clinched the division, right? Yes, yes. And, and, and you know, all season long, every year at the beginning of the season, I play um, uh, Kermit Ruffin's um, song called "The Saints Christmas," which has the lyrics of "All I Want for Christmas Is the Saints in the Super Bowl." And um, you know, this year, finally, again, I, I, Looks- it's coming true. I believe it. Looks like it could be Falcons are four and ten, so we're we've already checked out for football season here in Atlanta, or at least yeah, I have. Uh, this, doesn't this uh, doesn't break my heart at all. <laughs> <laughs> let's, inter- let's introduce our guest, who is probably more witty than the two of us put together. Uh, probably. Probably. John so welcome, Baldino, John Baldino. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Don't 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 give me much credit. Hello, you two. How you doing? Hello. Hello. I'm, I'm struggling so, over so here with the. Tell us your uh, story. Well, my story first of all is I'm frustrated with the Eagles. I love them, but I'm frustrated. So you you have your witty banter around your Saints, which I'm happy for you to a degree, but I, I wish I could celebrate on my side as well with the Eagles at the moment. But they're they're struggling. Super Bowl yeah. hangover, man. Yeah, wicked Super Bowl hangover. But I still believe Carson's the man and. And Earth is, is still where it's at. I don't care what people say. I'm still happy right now. It might change <laughs> next year if it's the same, but I'm happy right now. Right. Uh, that yeah, thanks for having me on. Glad I'm here. Yes. We're, we're so glad obviously you're, you're, you're from Philly. We, we know that. Yeah. Um, tell, us, tell us a little bit about your, uh, your day-to-day. We know what uh, you do, but let our listeners know what you do. So professionally, I get to run an organization called Humoriso. Uh, which Humoriso is a full-service HR consulting firm. And so we're predominantly national, a little bit global internationally um, in the work that we do, but most of it's U.S. coast-to-coast. And we provide all levels of HR support, strategy down to administration and compliance, training, recruitment, all of it. So one-stop shop. Um, And that's been a fun opportunity for me to build this company. And now I have some great folks who work for the organization. It's just been a great run. And then personally, I'm still uh, a husband and dad. And, you know, when I go home each day and the key still works for the door, I know I'm still (laughs) doing what I'm supposed to do. So (laughs) I'm allowed in. That's a positive sign. 
Yes. I, listen, I have set. to have the, the the measure of this is a low standard. The key works. I'm doing good. That's it. <laughs> Imagine one day if you get there and like, you know, the locks are not that it doesn't work, but like if the lock were frozen or. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I, I I honestly would just get my car and drive to a hotel because my folks wouldn't even take me back. So I, I got to find <laughs> another place to go. <laughs> it, it sounds like you married up then, John. If your oh, parents yes. like your wife better that they like you. So. Oh, my gosh. You've been to the holidays at our home. So, yes, my my this is true story. So my mom probably three or four times um, prior to us getting married, had conversations with my fiance at the time to, are you really sure? Including the morning of the wedding, like going back to see her. And are you really sure that you don't have to do this? Don't worry about everybody out there. I'll tell them it's fine. I understand why you run like, yeah, super healthy. (laughs) See, that was a good precursor though, for moving into the, um, you know, into the HR space, perhaps. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. So, so John, yeah. this, this, this question isn't on the script, but I don't know this, and I'm, I'm always, I always oh, need no. to ask you when we talk. No, what, so before Human Rezo, Human Rezo, yeah. sorry, what did, what did you do? I, I presume HR stuff, but what yeah. was your, how, how'd you grow into that business? So early on, um, I actually, had the opportunity to start for a uh, uh, a regional uh, a big box retailer like a Macy's. It was a, a chain called John Wanamaker's. And so Wanamaker's was uh, a retail outfit that was in the Philadelphia area. Um, and um, I had the opportunity to work um, well in what was then personnel. I uh, Training fell under personnel. So I, I got to be an associate trainer and so help with some of the technical training around things. So register, return, stock, all of that good stuff. While I still was involved with credit and customer service and Hmm. um, store operator um, at times. And, and I was the guy who had to do the, if, if, I mean, this is really dating myself, but you know, I was the guy who had to do the three, four, three, four, one, three, four, three, four, one Uh over the loudspeaker. Yeah. 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 So super old school. And, uh, and so that was my first kind of bite into personnel. Um, and so I, I thought that training and development was going to be everything that I did, but as, as I grew kind of in different H, uh, training roles, HR always was a part of it. And so early on, um, I did corporate training as well for Chili's restaurants. And so that overlapped into, um, initial HR administration and compliance and payroll and all that good stuff. And, um, it just evolved from there. The last role I had was VP of HR, um, for a national bank before I left to start up human Reso. So that was about six and a half years ago. Interesting. Wow. Um, it, it, it's, uh, th- thanks for answering that. It, it's, it's, it's not funny, like, haha, you amuse me, but, you know, like, you worked in retail. I spent some time in retail. Robin worked in uh, the casino industry. You did yep. banks. You did, you did uh, restaurant yep. service yep. industry stuff. They're not yep. cool, but there's a lot of career development in those kinds of environments. And there's still some of the places where in the American workforce, if you sign on with a Publix or a Macy's or whatever, you, you could theoretically spend your whole life working there. There aren't that many jobs 
like that anymore, and most people don't want them. But I, it's really interesting to kind of watch how that's how people grow out of those industries into like what you've done here with your own business. Great yeah, and I, it is. I was just going to say that it's there. It's a fantastic way to learn, and it's one of those those opportunities where it's it's truly sink or swim. If you can't do it, you'll know. Um, right. And I, so, you know, and I think from my um, my experience with that too. Yeah, it's that sink or swim piece. Um, especially when you're early on in your in your HR career, you're you're even not sure. Do I go the operations route or do I go the HR route or you know yeah, if you start yeah. in that. But having gone back into those those um, service industry uh, companies, you know, later in my career, um, I also liked the fact of going back in and and being you're so embedded into the business just because of the type of business it is. So going back in, you know, VP of HR, right? But I was in there rolling silverware when I needed to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know, face-to-face with the customers and helping people, you know, oh, I need a a comp for a pack of cigarettes. Okay, well, let me help you go find somebody who can do that for you. And I, I liked that. I, I always have enjoyed that piece of it. It's exhausting, but it's also energizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely agree. And we're we're wired very similarly, um, which I think we knew, but we we are wired very yeah. similarly when it comes to that because the operational piece. Uh, there's also a lot of street cred that you get from staff when they see that you you are fully invested and honestly that you're sort of well versed in all areas. So you know, similarly, uh, you know, if I needed to jump on the line and start cooking fajitas, I, I yeah. could do that because that, yeah. that was what was needed at the moment. Or if I needed to, you know, again, this is really dating myself, but, are, you know, wrestle down to the ground, the guy who came and filled the cigarette machine, be, you know, because he was taking too much cash out of there and not returning enough. Like I'm, I was wrestling the guy to the ground, right? So mm. yep. that, yep. but that, that gave you a lot of that street cred back to your staff so that when you did have to share with them things that were compliance oriented or a change in process or just a cultural consideration, they listened. The, the respect yeah. is there. Yep. Very true. I, cool. uh, I, 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 a couple of years ago, uh, um, New Year's Eve, I was uh, ironing um, shirts for our waiters <laughs> to wear. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you, you just do what, do what you, you got to do. You do what you need to do. Yep. 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 I don't even iron my so own. So what sort of, um, you know, <laughs> you, the, the companies, and, and you work, yeah. Humoriso works with, uh, I mean, I know you, you cross industries um, mm-hmm. with your clients and the companies that you work with, um, and, and, I, and size as well, small to, to, yes. to medium to large. What, yep. um, you know, how are they... And I guess I think more the small and medium-sized organizations. What are you seeing in terms of um, their adjustment to, you know, the shift in uh, in the workplace right now and what's mm. happening in work? Are they um, are they still tech averse? Are they coming along <laughs> on the tech train? Are they operating old school? I mean, I'm sure you run into soup to nuts with it, but you know, kind of what are some of the big bigger yeah. picture issues that you're 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 finding out there with the companies you work with. Well, and it's a great question because I think that that it it, it to a degree it runs the gamut. I think you know, we certainly in our um in our 
client list. Um, we have clients who are who, who just swim in tech. They're not afraid to try things. Um, uh, but part of that has to also do with how the, how nimble they're willing to be. Because if you don't have the right yeah. staff who can who are okay with beta testing things, or you know, for the next three months we're going to try Slack. I'm not sure if that's right. So let's try Asana now for a little bit and see how that works and have a comparative and yeah. we're doing pilot testing and it, it can be exhausting. So if you don't have the right staff, they feel exasperated. Like, can we just pick something and be done? Um, but on the other side of it, we have clients who <clears throat> literally, you know, and I'm, you know, QuickBooks, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but you know, they're still running payroll for 150 people through QuickBooks and it's all, yeah. manual and it's you know and we're like folks there's there's actually like a better way to do this like you can have a little bit oh no 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 we you know we know how to do this we don't want to mess with it because you know Ethel's been doing this for 412 years and if we mess with it then we're, then we're screwed and you know Ethel if you're listening to god bless you I'm glad you're still doing what you're doing <laughs> but like it's it, at some at some point though the conversation has to be about scalability and if your organization mm-hmm. isn't willing to use tech towards, and not as the goal, but as a means towards your scalability, growth, the ability to get your product in front of people, even just the message, then I think these organizations are missing the boat. And one of the things that I talk to smaller organizations about quite often is, look, I appreciate the fact that you have 50 employees. That's great. But you have a website. And so some of what you're doing is global. If somebody finds that mm-hmm. you make you know, soy candles, and, and this is what your 50 people do, and they make an order from Germany or from Japan, are you saying no? Aren't you going to figure out how to do it? Well, you got to think like a larger yeah. organization. You don't, have the, you don't have the luxury of just saying, nope, 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 we just, you know, we just pack up our wagon and walk around New York City and sell our candles. That's not how it works if you're going to be viable. Yeah. Do you see scalability coming um, with more of the use of of contract staff or supplemental staff? Um, You know, that was one of the things that we said we would kind of talk about because the the change in demographics um, towards, you know, the gig economy and and independent Mm -hmm. contractors and self-employed folks and, and that sort of thing. Um, do you find that companies are planning to scale by using, you know, mm-hmm. independent contractors, self-employed folks? I do. I think that that uh, I think two things. One, um, there's enough organ. There are enough organizations that realize that the amount of skilled workers that are available to them are really not there. And it will require one of two things to happen. Either number one, their internal processes around training, knowledge management, true development are going mm-hmm. to have to improve dramatically in order to build up their internal workforce. And, and they, they may not be in a position to do that. So that leaves them with number two, which is to partner with contractors, independent consultants who can come in and bring that level of skill set in and help support yeah. the work that's going on. They're, they're going to have to. But the interesting thing is uh, businesses learning how to deal with businesses, not, not, from, not from a traditional vendor standpoint, but from this new vendor standpoint, um, where, mm-hmm. you know, 
they feel like an employee, at least for a period of time, but they're not an employee. And, you know, what does that do to the the way in which communication happens, the way in which Mm -hmm. structure happens? I've, some of these organizations I've talked to, I've had to say, like, you you have to stop thinking about this as an at will relationship like you're used to, but rather Mm -hmm. one of Mm -hmm. you will. It's you will, not at will. So you will do this and then you will expect this, right? So it, mm-hmm. it's a give and get kind of relationship rather than if you suck, I'll fire you, right? Which is what yeah, we yeah. still have these small and medium-sized organizations. They just simply think, think there's not enough people. Everybody sucks. I get it. But how much of that falls back on the company to correct and to bring in different resources? I think a lot. Yeah. Sorry, I got By the way, I want to I want to trademark that <laughs> in case people are listening. It's not yes, at will, like but that. you will. That's that's mine, yep. everybody. PM. Don't start. I don't want to we'll see that, that anywhere PM else. Mark next to it. Yes. <laughs> I like it, that. It, uh, there are there are some other versions of that out there. I saw we had a guy speak at one of our conferences, and his was from from we will to at will, and it was veterans leaving the military. We will follow orders to at will will work at a place of our choosing, which I thought was interesting. It is interesting as well. Yep. But it's totally different than mine, Mike. Don't try to put them I know, together. I know. Totally <laughs> different. Trademarks, <laughs> trademarks are, yeah. But you know, I, I mean, I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting component to it as well, um, which is a struggle uh, a legacy, if you will, of kind of old school, um, hierarchical, corporate world of people should be, be these people should be happy to work for us. They've got a yeah. job. They should be happy to yeah. work for us. And I think the other spin on at will employment is um, no people do and can and are more frequently choosing where they work at. So yes. it's it's you know, incumbent upon, you know, and a lot of organizations get this, but there are still kind of these old school, uh, you know, I say old school, traditional, and it's nothing to do with age because I've dealt with managers who are 32 who think this way. Um, of, well, they should be happy to work for me, and if they don't, you know, like it, you know, too bad. Suck it up. Um, yeah, right. And then they wonder right. why that person leaves. And I think that part of the you're absolutely right. And I think part of the push is people are um, pushing back perhaps to a degree on those repetitive, non-challenging roles. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they don't want to sit and just, you know, do accounts receivable for 38 years. It's, it's not yeah. the workforce that we have these days. And so we have to be smarter about how we handle those repetitive tasks. It's not that they don't have to be done. That's not what I'm saying. But there has to be some sort of either outsourced model or obviously variations of technology through, you know, machine learning or AI, that kind of stuff where some of that will be handled Mm -hmm. because people are more interested in being challenged. They want to feel like they're making a real investment in things. It's why that, you know, we're dreamers. It's why people love Shark. Honestly, the show should not be on for as many seasons as it's been on. I'm sorry, Uh producers of Shark Tank, but it it shouldn't be. How much (laughs) crap could we possibly need? But we keep, we, because we're dreamers, we, we, with the dream of, I can do this on my own. I can be my own boss. I can have my own flexibility. I can choose what I want to be about. 
We love that. Those, those, you know, dreams are real for everybody. So to watch something like that or to be a part of the culture and hear these success stories, kids that are in grade making $3 million a year on some product they came up with and you get up the next morning so that you can go, you know, take tokens at the bus station. You're like, what, what am I doing? (laughs) How could this be my life? Right. So, so we have to contend with that across all industries. There's no break anywhere. All industries yeah. have to think through this. But you know what, too? The, other, the flip side of that coin, I, to, mm-hmm. I'm contrary, man, today, apparently. Uh, the flip That's side all right. of that coin is there are people who all they want, I mean, literally, they're happy yes. to, to take bus tokens. And I yes. just want to get paid for my eight hours and yeah. go and paint pictures or be an artist or a, a rap singer or whatever else it might be that I'm doing, which is, is the other part of, I think, the very cool equation of work that – we have if we manage it correctly. Yeah, those and I, I, I do agree with you, Mike. I don't, I, I don't think you're, you're being a contrarian at all. I do agree with you. I think, though, that the last part of what you said is what's most important, if we manage it well. We, we sometimes have too much of a perspective that everyone is going to be, you know, transformative Joe in our organization. Some people are happy with just a transactional relationship. They, they do their time. They make their money. And their pursuits are elsewhere. You're, you're absolutely right. We shouldn't expect more from those folks. Sometimes we spend too much time trying to get them to convert, so to speak. Run, run with who you can run with, right? There's enough people, right. though, who are interested in being run with. So don't get distracted by those that don't. Agreed. I, so, um, I read a book ahead, this summer. Um, which kind of got us at, at the oh, heart of it. I know, right? <laughs> wow, yay me. I read a book. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, I wonder if either of you guys have read it. Um, um, Bullshit Jobs by um, David mm-hmm. Graber. And, and it was a really, it, it was a really, really good read. Um, and he, he, He's a, a, I believe, an anthropologist by trade. I, I want to say anthropologist, um, and he's a professor and all this sort of thing. Um, but he he looked, you know, back in time, kind of from the Middle Ages and how how work evolved and how jobs evolved. And his his you know position, his theory, is that we um, as a society across the world, certainly more Western society, but not necessarily just Western. Um, we are, we have a bunch of what he calls bullshit jobs, which mm-hmm. are uh, jobs that have no meaning to the people that hold them. And it's not necessarily those repetitive jobs that that people that hold those, and they tend to be the jobs that we pay less and therefore value less in society, mm-hmm. caregivers, mm-hmm. teachers, you know, firefighters, whatever. We t- the garbage, uh, you know, um, Mm-hmm. you know pick up folks um it's the kind of jobs that if they s- stopped existing we would be screwed as a society but we tend to value then you know oh you're the vp of you know strategic operations or something um these inflated job titles and the people that tend to be in those jobs tend to feel that they have the most bullshit jobs of anybody because yeah. they are um they're the ones that, that you know. Why does my job exist? I'm I'm sitting here filling out forms and 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 you know and and broiled in this bureaucratic crap 
um, what's the value, but I'm more exhausted from this bureaucratic bullshit job, even though I'm paid very well and I have a fancy title and it sounds impressive, um, but what am I contributing? Yes. Um, yeah. Whereas the caregiver or the the clerk at the store who's gaining delight quite often from you know uh, those human interactions that they may have or the way that they're making a difference if they're a teacher or whatever um tend to be more uh fulfilled sometimes um yeah even though you know so compensation has nothing to do with it i think impact yeah. is a big part Sorry, of it, right we, yeah we have six minutes left we we, we didn't even ask oh a God. question a real question yet <laughs> So, we we did we asked we asked a couple come on our our guest is John Baldino and Robin and I are just sleeping through this episode apparently not keeping track of time at all so <laughs> because what's it's so enjoyable of, that's why what, what what what's the story Robin I forgot the name Jumbo Gino oh, oh yes oh my so gosh. um and, and sometimes you need to see it spelled out but um so so John had posted um. Several months ago, I think it was on Instagram. Hey, some you know, hello from Jumbo, J-U-M-B-O, Gina, G-E-E-N-A, Jumbo Gina. I'm like, what in the world is this? So tell the story because it's hilarious. So um, a number of years ago, uh, I was uh, d- dating someone who our relationship was fairly new, and we we uh, were invited to some picnic barbecue something and and we arrived separately so she was already there um i'd actually now that i'm thinking i might have even been at her house with roommates or what have you but she was already there and i pulled up and people were like oh who's that and they're like oh john baldino and the way that people say my name when they say it rather quickly john baldino sometimes would sound like jumbo gina and so this this uh, young lady that I was dating didn't know it was me, um, but actually took some time to like yell at the people in the house to say that if, you know, whoever this Gina person was that's showing up, it's inappropriate for them to refer to her as Jumbo, <laughs> reg- regardless of her size or, you know, whatever, however much of a good humor she had about things that it was wrong for them. And they listened to her for probably, you know, two minutes or what have you. And then, and she was done. They were like, we don't know what you're talking about. It's John Baldino. That's who's here. See, he just walked in. And then every hilarity ensued. And I was like, what's happening? And they filled me in. And then Jumbo Gina stuck with me for quite, quite a while. And the funniest thing about all of this is my sister's name is Gina. So, um, so, so that. Then Jumbo Gina was sort of like, well, I'm, I'm, we're not making fun of my sister either and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So, yeah. So, uh, actually, yeah, it was a couple months ago, whatever I put up there. I changed my name. Oh. I think it was actually for Halloween or whatever. that I, I think I it was for Halloween. Yes. Yeah, I put my costume on of Jumbo Gina and, and you know, people have responded. It was probably the, – they're probably the tweets that I got the most response to in all of 2018. Yes. So that's amazing. <laughs> I am, and it just puts me in hysterics every time. I can't help it. Hysterics. I'm like practically crying here listening to this. Um, Yeah, I mean, people were like, I never noticed before. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Another thing about John, um, you're very involved with SHRM as well. 
I am. So give a little shout out to what you you know what you do with Sherm. So uh, currently, I'm I'm actually president of uh, the local chapter here in the Philly area called Tri-State HRMA. Uh, I am I sit on the state council uh, in New Jersey, which is where I live, and um, I am a current instructor uh, for Sherm uh, learning modules. So I'm I'm teaching a, a course right now on on inclusion, diversity, and equity. And uh, um, uh, just finished one last week on organ- developing organizational talent. So I get to have some fun um, doing some instructional work as well, which I, which is probably my favorite. Um, just yeah. to kind of be with the folks and talk through issues. And very similar to this, they get to bring up things that they're struggling with and how do you approach it and in the context of the curriculum we're working through. So it's good stuff. I enjoy that. Cool. Um, minute 41. John, equity. In equity in, in terms of uh, diversity and inclusion, or not equity and yep. holding capital, right? Okay. No. Yeah. Equity. Was, it, it, it stuck out. It, it, it caught my ear for the, from the rest of that. So yeah, equity, yeah. equitable yeah. treatment. Although, so. if you'd like to have a conversation around equity in a business from a sh- like a shareholder standpoint, I'm happy to have that conversation. No problem. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll do that when we have less than a minute to go. So, yeah, right. From the other right. show. <laughs> so tell us. Tell, Tell, if anybody's going to listen to this this far into the show, tell tell our <laughs> listeners, the two of them, where they can find you, John. Listen, we're having a good time. That's all that matters. I know. We are. Um, so, so as I mentioned, Humoreso, H-U-M-A-R-E-S-O.com is my organization. You can obviously connect to, to me and the rest of the company through that. Uh, find me on Twitter at JB Alive, as in John Baldino, JB Alive, uh, and obviously on LinkedIn and Instagram and all those places, just search for me, you, I, I will pop up. So um, pretty pretty easy to find on the Twitters for sure. So, search for John Baldino, not Jumbo Gina. Because not Jumbo might, Gina, that's right. Bite five that's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you never know. John, oh, you will. John, you will. thanks for being on this show. We have 13 seconds left. So, Robin, thanks for the, doing doing the show with setting John up as a guest today. You, I hope you all have a great afternoon. Thank you. Thanks, I'm everybody. Glad to be here. Bye. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.